Hello, I'm Rebecca Castellino, and this is Hopping the Fence, a podcast dedicated to talking to artists on the fringes of the Canadian art scene. Madeline Lychuk is a queer Filipino-Canadian performance and video artist. She uses social media as a digital playground to engage with conversations surrounding power and play, exploring how a body and its consumption can be used as a radical act of self-discovery. Our conversation was recorded in Hamilton, within Treaty Cree territory, on the ancestral land of the Haudenosaunee and Anishinaabe nations, under the Dish with One Spoon Wampum Agreement. Hi, Maddie. Hi, Rebecca. How are you? I'm good, and yourself? Good. Just drinking coffee in Hamilton, living. Where are you right now? Um, I'm in Guelph, also drinking coffee. <laughs> um, seated at a very cluttered desk in a nice little purple bedroom. Nice. What kind of purple? <laughs> I want to say lavender. Ooh, that's a good one. So I guess to start off, do you want to tell listeners a bit about your practice, like what it looks like, what mediums you've been working in um, lately and in the past? Yeah, sure. So I use performance, video, digital media, um, printmaking, drawing, artist multiples. So like interdisciplinary Mm -hmm. um, practice. To respond to um, identity politics and digital culture. Sick. Um, in my practice, personally, it's just kind of been like navigating Instagram and finding ways to like manipulate my own images so that they're not flagged on the algorithm. Mm. Yeah. Didn't you make a nipple shirt using like a filter, or was that Photoshop? Um. Yeah. That was that was Photoshop. Yeah. Because I. <laughs> I needed a way to like answer my nipple, obviously for Instagram, and then it just led to that. <laughs> <laughs> just more nipples. That's the solution. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So I guess you've touched on this a bit, but in terms of what your practice looks like in like different spaces within like the gallery or institutions, what is what does your stuff look like versus on Instagram? Um, yeah, in, in the past, my work in galleries or institutions typically takes like a video format, which often like documents like my body and like some like performative acts that I've, that I've done, or, um, in other instances, it's been performances inside an institution or like space. Yeah. And when you mean performances, like within an institution, you mean like wealth and like is Ed Video considered an institution? I don't know. I mean, it's an artist rent center. It's we don't have a gallery, so you like there's not a gallery space per se, but people have posted like like live streams and like recordings from the space. So yeah, I think you could define it as that. Yeah, because it's like I think uh, the setup that you have for your performances is like pretty sleek, like a nice white background, like well-lit kind of deal like it looks um very like early video art but like clean yeah have you done any like performances just like in your bedroom with like your iphone or that isn't like how you picture your video work coming out i haven't i wanted to but like you said at the same time i think the concepts and like what i try to 
convey in my video work might get lost in the clutter and the noise of like a domestic space like my bedroom. Yeah, that's so interesting. But like it places you in the domestic when you like kind of do DIY things. Yeah, I think for me, like the the aesthetic of a video like recording studio, it just it like sanitizes everything. Like it's just kind of like a blank space and like you're focused on the actor in the space. You're focused on, on my body specifically. Whereas I think in a domestic space, not that that gets lost, but there's other there's other things that distract you from that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, I, I totally, I feel the same way about my practice. Like I stopped making um, video work as soon as I like lost a studio. So I was, that's interesting to hear that you like feel the same way. <laughs> so what's your relationship to different artist run centers and then different institutions like who have you worked with and what have your experiences been as you've been like an emerging artist coming up in like Southern Ontario? So in November, I got a job with, um, at Video Media Arts Center, um, which is why I relocated back to Guelph. Um, and that's been, that's been really great. I'm the digital education coordinator, so I'm responsible for like organizing workshops and there's a few um, like shows that are in the works with that video that I'm helping to um, coordinate and organize. As far as other institutions that I've worked with, most of them have been Guelph during my undergrad. I had a show in in Germany in Bremen when I was there two two summers ago, and that was like the gallery space. Um, the gallery flute, the gallery space in um, HFK, the school there. Um, was it different than installing in like the <laughs> student gallery at Guelph, like Zavitz, or it was kind of the same format? Um, it was a, it's a similar format. Uh, um, the space itself is different because there's windows, so that kind of mm. served. That was a little not challenging. Well, yeah, like kind of kind of challenging because it was a group show and I was putting in a video and I think if it was just my work I would have had all the lights off Mm -hmm. but we kind of had to play the lighting because there was like other mediums in the show but yeah that was a really great experience in itself I'm I'm kind of blanking because it's been a while since I've had work in a in a institution a physical space so where have you been showing your work outside of institutions then if it's been a while i've been showing i've shown work online um um been part of a group show with coffer digital um with the tamil archive project that i'm a community fellow with do you want to talk a bit more about that because i i really love the work that's been coming out of there like i follow uh the archive on instagram and i see like how active everyone is yeah, yeah, it's um, it's such an awesome collective. There's so many, there's so many avenues and there's so many aspects of it. Like I, I, I know I won't do it justice um, in explaining it, but um, basically, it's about um, archiving like Tamil histories and Tamil futures that have been like lost or forgotten, and it's just. 
it's just an awesome collective with like a lot of really creative people. Yeah, I'm really happy to have been a part of it and to still be a part of it. I'm also working on another group show with them coming up in the like end of this year. Sick. Um, yeah. So there's always lots lots going on with the the collective. So what does it mean to be a community <laughs> fellow then? Like, what's your job um, within the collective? Yeah. Uh, so basically, we um, there's like an application process, and they were just looking for artists, academics, writers, and it was it was just more so to like add members to the collective. Like, mm. it's kind of an, an extension of it because um, I mean, I'm not Tamil. Some of the other fellows are some of them aren't Mm -hmm. um but yeah it was just like a way to I think for them like engage with the community more so and like invite people into the the collective and the community that they've built so I just want to pivot to talk more about like your physical works that you've made I think one of the first things that I saw of yours that wasn't video that really stood out to me was your book work um titled you spent thousands of dollars to draw vaginas and make softcore porn from 2018 (laughs) yeah and I was just wondering if you could maybe describe that for the audience before we start um going into depth about that project yeah sure so um the work is a zine it's hand bound and it um the text is pulled from like text messages that my my ex-boyfriend sent me when we were breaking up because of his like inability to grasp my my desire and my need for nudity in um, a video work that I made that year, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and there's also um, like line drawings of penises within the zine as well. <laughs> I love those drawings so much, and it reminds me like I feel like it. It's almost like the beginning of sapphic Pangea, which we'll talk about later. Um, but yeah, what, why do you feel the need for, for nudity and to explore those kinds of bodily images? Yeah, I'm, I mean, for me, the work, the work that like sparked controversy in his eyes was um, drawing on objects. It was actually for a drawing class that I was taking, um, and the prompt was, like, (laughs) simply, um, like, to draw on an object, Mm -hmm. and my mind kind of went to how, like, the body is objectified, and how, like, we, or, like, people, like, as a society, see it as something to be objectified as an object, although the work in itself, like, I don't, I don't see it as, like, objectifying each other because it was me and um my friend Raquel Rowe who's also an artist um drawing on each other with sharpie markers and to me like if we were wearing clothing one that's less area to draw on and it just didn't seem necessary didn't seem fitting to the work um to cover up parts of our body Mm -hmm. And what was the reaction of, like, performing nude? Because I know some people did it in undergrad, but it was, um, I think, something that was more explored by the time your year came around. I don't know what it was, 
but I was really impressed to see how bold everyone was and like to have the confidence in art making um, and also like body confidence, obviously, um, to like record yourself and then uh, present it within a classroom setting. Yeah, um, for I mean that was like a few years ago, but for me, I didn't, I didn't really think much of it at the time. Maybe, maybe it was easier because I was doing it with another person. Like it wasn't just my naked body, but mm-hmm. again, like I, it, like it's all just flesh. Like I've never, I don't think that's something to be hidden. And I think within like the context of art it's viewed differently. Like there's nothing, even if with like outside the confines and the context of art, it's, it's nothing to be ashamed of. Like I find that so funny. Like I didn't do any um, nude works. And there was one time when a professor asked me why I hadn't, because it was almost changing the original concept for me not to be shirtless in this one video. Um, um, and I published that video anyways with me wearing like a nude bra and I got like a bunch of comments from family members saying that they were really uncomfortable with it. (laughs) So I guess seeing like your works and and the works of your different peers was really inspiring and that's so funny that you're just like, of course, like why not? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think for me, yeah, it, it helped. It helps that my parents were like supportive and they they never really questioned that aspect of my art. Like they came to see, um, yeah, they came to see a, a group show that I was part a part of, um, Feelings at the first studio, and yeah, they didn't they didn't question any of it. They saw the zine that we were discussing earlier, um, and yeah, they've always been really supportive. So that has definitely helped helped me and helped my career because it's not something that I've had to like second guess from my family's opinion Mm -hmm. yeah I think also the text in in your zine was just so funny like and I think also coming from an art school perspective like people do really question um why you go into school for for studio art and I think it summed up a lot of uh like the weird assumptions that people make but what was that process like for you making that like work about your ex that's like pretty vulnerable and also um exposes yourself and and your relationship with him yeah um I did it like fairly recently after we had broken up this was like this like now was two years ago but um I think for me personally um it was really cathartic and I found it like very therapeutic Mm. to just like make work that was like, so like vulnerable, but it it kind of, it had to be made then because if I had made it like now or like even like a few months after, I think like the emotions and like the like rage in a way would have subsided and I probably may not even have made it because, I had like moved past that point in my life in that relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and as like shitty as it was, um, I made good work out of it. So. <laughs> 
this week's podcast recommendation is Star House, Star People, Episode 3 of One from the Vaults, a trans history podcast by Morgan M. Page. We bring you all the dirt, gossip, and glamour from trans history. Join us as we take a look at the early lives of the patron saints of the trans movement, Sylvia Rivera and Martha P. Johnson. We'll examine their beginnings, take a look at what might have gone down at Stonewall, and follow them up the 1973 Christopher Street Liberation Day Parade in the first of a three-part series on Sylvia and Marcia. Uh, so do you want to talk a bit more about the drawing on objects video? I didn't know that was for a drawing class and that makes me like it more. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't, I'm trying, I, like there isn't really much more to say about it. Um, well, maybe uh, like your collaborative, collaborative relationship with like Raquel, because you both are featured in each other's videos, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's been that's been really great because I think we we have a like a similar approach to our work and our videos. Um, and there's just this like shared level of understanding when we're like collaborating on a video or like one of us is like featured in the other's video where there's kind of like a brief discussion of like the concept, but nothing is ever really rehearsed. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just kind of um, is like improvised and it just comes to being as, as we like work through the work. So um it's it's really it's really nice to be able to like collaborate with someone in that way yeah and it sounds so organic the way you work yeah it it, it really is <laughs> oh that's always good it makes really good good work environment i think and like new ideas can be like thrown around pretty openly when you're already comfortable with the people yeah and it, i think it fosters like this like ongoing like critical dialogue and like critical critique that you might not necessarily have with people that you're not as comfortable with or like you don't um trust in the same sense to like be critical with your work with their work so I think it really it really helps like all of our individual practices to have that um that community Mm -hmm. And then one of your other collaborative projects that I'm really interested in is um, Sapphic Pangea. If you wanted to talk a bit about that, one of your projects on Instagram. Yeah. Um, so that is, it's like a, it's a collaborative drawing practice that I have um, with my girlfriend, Paula, who lives in Germany. So that's where the title kind of comes from. <laughs> um, Sapphic Pangea and this like, um, the, the bio is, like, something about this, like, stance against, like, the separation of the continents and how, like, obviously not actually, but, it, like, <laughs> if, like, the, if the continents were to, um, resort back to, like, Pangea, we'd be, like, closer, which, it, like, in all, like, the geography, the geology, oh, my God, I can't think of the word, but... <laughs> It wouldn't work. That would be catastrophic. But um, yeah, it it just became this 
this nice exchange where we draw intimate um, photos of each other that we send each other and there's little poetry throughout um, and it's just like this like continual prompt for us to keep creating um, and yeah it exists um, on Instagram because we thought that would be a good format for it. What's it like making work within a partnership but then also within a partnership that's like long distance like what are you seven time zones away or five uh six six yeah. darn um yeah I, I mean it's really nice because it's like the complete opposite of like my previous relationship where like that person was not supportive um and yeah, even like when like when Paul and I like started dating, she said that she was like really she would be really flattered like if if um, like flattered and honored if I were to like incorporate her into my work or like ha- like her be part of like some aspect of my practice. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it it's and it also like probably wouldn't have come to be if we were in the same time zone. Because I think, like, having a long-distance relationship, you kind of have to be creative and, like, find other ways to, um, like, explore intimacy and, like, be intimate and define, not define, but, like, explore, like, what your relationship is and can be. No, I think it's it's really intimate. Like, obviously, exchanging nudes um, is an intimate practice. But then I think also to take the time to draw the other person is just so lovely. Like, visually tracing another person's body, but then actually outlining them and then uh, sharing those drawings. I think they have, like, a kind of power to them. And, and I think vulnerability is maybe a really good word to describe your practice that you used earlier. And I think maybe that's why people engage with it so much. Yeah, um, probably. I think for me, I have a di- not that I have a different definition of vulnerability, but yeah, I think a lot of people have come to me and said like, "Oh, your work is so vulnerable," and I think I, I think I've reached like a certain level of like comfortability with myself and my like relationships with other people, where like I don't, I don't define these things as like. Or, like, these, like, aspects of my practice of being, like, super vulnerable. It's just kind of exploring, like, who I am and, like, what that... Yeah, I think maybe for artists who, like, aren't used to being so, like, autobiographical or maybe, like, literal in their desire, especially, like, queer desire, um, and being so open about, like, longing for another person is, is maybe where it comes in to be vulnerable, like, less the nudity um, and more, like, the personal aspects of it. Yeah, I think longing is something that's very inherently queer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So how do you see Sapphic Pangea's living on Instagram right now? Do you see it um, as being outside of the internet, like coming into like printed out drawings or into zine format or anything like that? Um, it actually, it did come into um, a physical manifestation last Last January at the Button Arts Factory, um, there was a show called Friends and Lovers where, yeah, we applied and we were um, 
like participated in the show. Yeah, I've thought about like zine formats and other things. Um, yeah, I'm not exactly sure how it would come to be or manifest. Uh, I think it's definitely something that I would like revisit in the future. But as for now, I don't have any any current plans for that. Yeah, I was just curious because I think it, it makes a lot of sense for it to be on Instagram. Like Paula posts her drawing, you post yours. Like it, it, it feels like an exchange. And I think you were mm-hmm. saying um, in your artist talk uh, for the Connection Found uh, show that like you are surprised to see like a new drawing pop up in like your feed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we try. I mean, it was, yeah, we... We coordinate when we post them, like we post them at the same time so that we maintain like the form and the structure of the, like the grid and the layout. Mm. Um, yeah, that was something that was important to her, but I, like, I do agree to like maintain like the, the, the integrity of it, so to say. Oh, so it is like this coordinated like dance of like digital sharing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's so cool. Your work is so, it feels cohesive, even though you are um, like performing by yourself, then performing with other people and moving into drawing and video. Um, What do you think is like the main theme that runs throughout your practice? Like what are you investigating? Because I think you're coming at this from a very like interdisciplinary, but also like conceptual practice. Um, For you, what's like the, the feature that combines it all together, if it is combined together? I think for me, it it all like leads back to the body and identify the body and um, identity politics and sort of like navigating myself through the world as mm-hmm. vague as that sounds. Um, no, for sure. When you say identity politics. Um, what do you mean, like, specifically about that? Um, I think for me, like, it, what comes into play is, like, sex and sexuality, um, as well as, like, racial ambiguity. The fact that I, like, am, like, a woman. Like, how the world sees my female form, in a way. Mm. That's so interesting because, like, your work is so grounded in the body. So people – you trying to understand, like, people's perceptions of you, is is that the angle that you're coming at it from, like, identity politics? Yeah, I think – I think – I think so. And when you were at school, was this something that, like, came up in theory or this is just coming through, like, your lived experience as, like, a person in the world? I think it was a natural impulse. I mean, I've always been drawn to, like, con- conceptual artists and, like, performance artists, especially, like, the, um, the feminist, like, performance artists, artists from, like, the 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, like, yeah, I think it just, it just is, like, a, like a natural evolution. Yeah. And when you say, like, I, that's where my heart lives as well, 70s performance art. Um, well, who are the artists that you were first exposed to that, like, impact your practice and, and who you think about a lot now? 
I think, like like I said, like Yoko Ono, Carly Schneeman, um, Hannah Welk. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Yoko Ono for sure. Like you, you redid uh, her cut piece in Zavitz Gallery, right? Yeah, yeah. I also did it um, in the University Center at Guelph. Oh my gosh. Like with a non-arts <laughs> audience or did you have like plants to like come up and do the first cut? No, I mean, like, I told, like, my, like, channels and friends that I was doing it, but Mm -hmm. there were, it was, like, an intervention into, like, a public space, and there were, like, uh, football players that came up, somehow thought it was, like, a trick or something, like, they were talking about how, like, their coach, um, like, discourages them from, from them putting themselves in, like, vulnerable situations, which was, like, super ironic because, like, I'm with, like, scissors close to my, like, skin. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, they actually, they, the administration, like, wrote um, a letter to Martin Pierce, actually, like, saying that they, like, heard about it and they thought I was, like, a disgruntled student or something. So I thought that was really funny. That's so funny that they didn't get the reference also. Maybe because, like, we're in art circles and, like, cut pieces just kind of, like, you need to know. Yeah. There was was one person that came up to me um, when I was doing that and was like, oh, like, a cut piece. Like, yeah, like, this is so cool. But, like, other people were like, what's what's going on? So, yeah, I kind of had some friends, like, planted around just kind of to explain what was going on (laughs) so from cut piece like I love the football players feeling vulnerable um were there any other moments that that stood out to you like as a performer um interacting with the audience someone tried to cut my hair and I (gasps) pulled away at the beginning (laughs) oh so rude (laughs) but no other than that no, I can't think of anything that sticks out to me. For the one that I did in Zavitz Gallery, actually, um, I remember Abby Nowakowski actually took my shoes off, like unzipped <laughs> them and took them off, um, which in hindsight was really nice because I didn't think about people cutting them because they were like leather, leather shoes. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. That's so nice. I like that Abby thought of that. Like, oh, got to save these shoes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is there any project that you are, like, excited about that you want to talk about that's, like, in progress or that you've already done that you've been thinking about lately? Yeah, there, like, I have, like, a few projects on the go. Um, I'm trying to think. Most of them are, like, fairly preliminary. Um hmm there's not too much to say about them. Um, I'm currently like creating a show about like memes and digital culture for um, AdVideo. Awesome. And it's going to like exist in an online space, but I'm excited for that. I guess you can't talk about the work that's going to be in it because it's like super secret right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm still, I'm still like reaching out to artists and everything. So. Valid. They're not about that yeah um do you like consume meme art is that something that's like part of your regular art diet I mean yeah I think anyone that like has any form of social media I think it's hard to not 
consume theme culture. <laughs> um, I mean, look at Bernie Sanders. Oh my god! <laughs> and how that exploded. Well, do you want to talk a bit about um, the multiples that you have up on your website? Also, I just realized that your URL is lmfaoidk, or is there no? Yeah, it's lmfaoidk.com. Are you gonna keep it that? I um I've been like debating because I really like it and I think it's really funny and kind of reflects me as a person. Um, because I always I don't know like my friends make fun of me because I'm always like um man like I don't know. Um, but the only problem is because my name's not in the URL, it doesn't come up that high on um Google search engine. So I've been thinking about changing it, but I'm not. I love that because I feel like it ties into like meme culture. Like your web, your artist website is a meme. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, the stickers that you're selling online, like those came up and I'm like, this is awesome. And like totally makes sense with your practice. Um, how did that start up? I guess like my sticker practice or like making stickers as part of my practice kind of, um, came to be when I was, like, doing a lot of markets in Guelph during mm-hmm. my, like, final year. Um, because, like, there are so many opportunities to do that in Guelph, or they're well, pre-pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, the, the stickers that are there, um, the penis flytrap actually came from a series that I did, oh, my God, I think, like, in 2017. Awesome. Where I drew a bunch of, like, line drawings, like, similar to, like, the other line drawings in my practice um, Mm -hmm. of slang words for vaginas. Mm -hmm. So I think there's, like, 30 of them. Um, And, yeah, I actually made the penis flytrap one into a screen print. Um, And then, like, that sticker, that one's a digital drawing, but it's, like, like, based on... Like the colors in the screen print, in a way. I think the yeah the the sandwich. Oh sorry. Go oh, ahead. I was just gonna say I think like the sandwich board with like eat your girl right like just I fucking died. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one's really funny. People like that one. Um, yeah, that I just I just drew that one and made it into a sticker. Um, I think it, it had a previous, like, the previous format of, like, the E True Girl, right? I think it was, I read it, I wrote it um, in cursive, but then I thought of, like, the sandwich board and, like, that you have, like, lunch and, like, eating, and that <laughs> made sense to me. Thanks for listening to Hopping the Fence, a podcast dedicated to the fringes of the Canadian art scene. If you have an artist that you would like to hear interviewed, would like to correct and or fact check a past episode, or would just like to chat, feel free to send me a message on Instagram at hoppingthefence or by email at rebeccaecasolino at gmail.com. Thanks to the OCAD Student Union for your financial support. And thank you to all of our patrons for your ongoing support. It truly does help me avoid burnout and keeps this podcast rolling. If you would like to support Hopping the Fence, please visit our Patreon to subscribe. Check out the show notes for more details. If you can't donate, no worries. Thanks for taking the time to listen. Audio editing for Hopping the Fence by Emily Reimer. Original artwork by Alex Gregory. 
and original music by Jessica Price Eisner. Thanks so much. Bye.